Have you ever wanted to delve into the world of Dungeons and Dragons, but didn't know where to begin? Has the overwhelming urge to venture forth and slay a monstrosity of legend ever gripped you in its clutches? Does the idea of two guys debating the fantasy physics of Dragon's Breath versus Anti-Magic Fields pique your interest? Perhaps a raging argument on the subtle and succinct differences between wizards, sorcerers, and warlocks get your blood boiling? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, then I recommend that you check out The Dungeon Cast, the podcast that explores all things D&D, from busty barmaids to burly bugbears. Join your hosts, Will and Brian, as they have casual, educational, and somewhat humorous conversations about the world's most popular tabletop RPG. Together they delve into the endless possibilities and unforeseen complications of character creation, role-playing, and Dungeon Mastering. You can find The Dungeon Cast on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Follow them on Twitter at The Dungeon Cast for news, updates, and contests with awesome D&D-related prizes. Listen in and be inspired to explore fantastic worlds, tell epic stories with friends, and roll some 20-sided dice. Now who could turn that down? Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. Hello, I'm Joel. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about... DC TV animation pitches. This is a show completely run uh, by Joel. Joel's the impetus behind this concept, and so he's going to be doing the bulk of the pitches. I've come up with a couple myself, but they are not nearly as involved as Joel. He's got voice casts and stuff. I've just got concepts, so I'm looking forward to like doing a little bit of back and forth, mostly just letting Joel kind of run the show today. So, ah, thank you. The, the way I figured it is, we had so much fun with our Marvel comic pitches, and a fan on Twitter said, hey, would you ever do the same thing with TV? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we should do it for TV. Right? Absolutely. And this is, so what we're doing is we're going to be pitching, more or less, uh, DC animation series for television. Not movies, not direct-to-DVD stuff. Well, here's the thing. It's like, I have one movie, and then I kind of split it between, okay, what will be 11 minutes? Because most animation on TV is 11 minutes now, and what will be a full 20? Yes, Absolutely. I, I factored that in when uh, when you mentioned your 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 eleven minute thing before as well. So I've got a couple of short shows like Teen, like the Titans or Just Like Action, um, the YouTube digestible shows, the shows where it's like here's yes. a couple of moments that we can just throw on YouTube and get the, get the clicks, and we can also have some series, you know, because like we were we were raised on shows serialized storytelling, mm-hmm. like uh, yeah, like Justice League the animated series, Batman, Superman, uh, that. That, that poor dead Green Lantern show, long form yeah. shows. So uh, I'm looking forward to I, hearing about these. I, like I was, I was going to actually ask you as we get into it, where do you stand on the whole animation has moved to a new like 11 minute paradigm? Do you think that's to reflect like you know our kids' attention spans not yeah. as long as they used to be? Oh, it's it's the YouTube generation, and I don't mean like you know in a derogatory way. I love the YouTube generation. Love you guys. You guys are Paying amazing. Us. Your generation is the best. Uh, but no, uh, it's more like. They're making shows. I mean, like, here's the thing: uh, the 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 highest clicked shows and videos on YouTube that are not music videos are uh, late night stuff. Yeah, like clips from Fallon and and Kimmel and Conan. John Oliver, yeah. John Oliver, just those just those sound bites, those like those chunks of time uh, that are literally just ripped from an entire length show. And so I think that it is smart business to make a show that's basically just like, here's the Swamp Thing scene, and then I can take that, throw it on YouTube, or just cater the entire show to clips of things I can throw on YouTube and and, and get two bites of the same apple. And, and I figure, too, kids are, like, just so much more active now. Where it's like, I only have 11 minutes to spare in between everything else. That's the thing, is that everything is in direct competition with each other, so mm. I, I get it. I hate it, and I think it sucks, but I am I understand why, and 
if my only recourse is to work within that time frame and format, I'll take it. If it if that's where it goes, you know, I gotta I gotta do where the I gotta go where the money is. Yeah, absolutely. And I figured now would actually be the perfect time to do an episode like this because DC Animation, which used to be the kings of Saturday morning cartoon and primetime animation, have kind of fallen. They're a bit of a shadow of themselves right now. They have Teen Titans Go. They canceled Justice League action. There's talk about the rebooted Young Justice on their new app that may or may not happen. We don't know yet. Absolutely. By the way, thank you, Mr. Giggles, for jumping into the super chat. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, so, like, I figured this might be a thing to be like, you know, if I could do it, if I was given the power to do the pitches, and I can pitch to you and you can play, uh, you can play big suited producer with cigar and you can tell me what you think of these. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you are Sam Beckett, Bruce Tim has something that he needs to accomplish in his life, you leap into his body, and you delay the thing he needs to do long enough for you to get some of these shows greenlit. <laughs> Damn right. So, I mean, obviously, when it comes to any DC animated universe, the cornerstone, whether you like to admit it or not, is always going to be Batman, oh, is the thing. Batman started it all. They always go back to Batman, even if they don't last a long time, like Beware the Batman. <laughs> I didn't even give Beware the Batman a full episode. <laughs> you missed nothing. I the know. best thing about it was the theme song. Mm. So here's my pitch for Batman. I want to do a Batman show, but I want to make it unlike any other Batman show. I want to play with characters and concepts that you can only do in something like this. That's why my Batman pinch is uh, Batman Inc. is what oh, it's going to be. Oh, the Grant Morrison series, like an adaptation yes. of that? So, it's it's an adaptation, but it's more of a jumping off point. It's, you know, Gotham City in the first episode gets attacked by Leviathan and it's too big for Batman, so he needs to go around the world and recruit a bunch of other Bat people to his cause. Yeah, I see. You know, once you said Batman Incorporated, I'm like, okay, so it's multiple Batmans, and we're seeing it from the perspective of those characters, I guess. Like, it's about, like, some episodes will be Batwing, some episodes will be the, like, Knight and Squire, and so forth. Well, well here's my idea for it, is, you know, Leviathan attacks Gotham. Batman knows he needs to go on this recruitment drive all over the world, and each episode would be a focus piece. Like, you know, this week, Batman goes to the Indian Reserve to recruit Man of Bats. He goes to England to recruit, you know, Knight and Squire, and they have little adventures fighting Leviathan and fighting villains. Gotham City, while all of this is happening, is held down by Dick Grayson and Damien, who have become the Batman and Robin from the Morrison run. Okay, that makes sense. So we'll also have episodes where we check back in on them, and obviously Damien will be something of a focus character because we know Leviathan is actually the work of his mother, Talia, and uh, what is it, the heretic, her muscle is just a big, brawny, evil clone of him. Yes. Uh, so I assume that this would be, you know, it, it's almost like a serious in tone Batman Brave and the Bold, but instead it's Batman, Bat, and the Bat. Like Yeah, it's... it's is all Batman. And here's the thing, too. Because we're doing it as a cartoon, we can actually go places that Morrison never did, and we can give countries that never had a Bat character a Bat character that we can start marketing. Canada never had one. No, that's true. But then again, like, what are the great threats that Batman needs to respond to in the Great White North? I assume <laughs> Yetis and uh, back bacon and some kind of maple syrup shortage? We, 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 we got bikers. There can be like a really nasty biker gang, and that's why he needs to get, I don't know, the Dark Goon, who is a hockey-themed Batman there guy. He's go. basically Casey Jones, right. only he's got a bat but hockey mask. 
Yes. <laughs> and he beats people up like that. See, writes itself. Yeah. And then, you know, we can make a guy like that for every nation or girl or whatever, because yeah. that's the thing. And then every nation has their character and they're going to want to keep watching it to see if their nation gets their guy to come back. I think we do need to have, a, if, if there's one takeaway from this pitch, it has to be Canadian Batman, which is a thing that I didn't yes. know I wanted to see until you mentioned <laughs> it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the art, uh, the, the fan art involved with the Canadian Batman. He'll, he'll actually will be wearing hockey pads, but that's the point. <laughs> nice. He's the one guy who can get away with it. And, you know, he can fight like the French-Canadian mafia in Montreal. He can yeah. be like a French-Canadian is the thing to, like, really show that side of it. bikers from the States, they rolled over here without their passports, and now they're just <laughs> rookin', running amok out here. They're using our open-door policies. They're just letting themselves in and taking our TVs. Uh, well, hey, you know, biker crime in Canada, there's a bunch of great documentaries on Mom Bouchard, who was actually like one of the biggest Canadian crime bosses of all time in Montreal. I feel like you give me six months, I'll be a great Canadian crime boss in a bit. Probably. Um, all right. You know what? I, I like Batman Inc. I think that's a great idea. I think it lets you do everything. My voice cast, I imagine, for this, I would really like this to kind of be couched in the design aesthetic and really in the voices of Young Justice. I know we probably won't get Kevin Conroy back. If I had my way, it would be Kevin Conroy to the end of time. Bruce Greenwood is pretty good, though. I He's agree. easily my second favorite. I agree. I was like, I remember when uh, Under the Red Hood came out, and I was like, oh, I don't care for this. And then he spoke, and I'm like, no, Bruce Greenwood did a good job. I'll give him a pass. It's a different kind of Batman, but it's not like a weird, obvious, frustrating kind of Batman or something yeah. where, where they're trying to do something different. It's just he does a nice job, and it's, it's yeah. You know, it, I, I like it. He's not doing a gimmick. It's not stunt casting. He is an actor playing the part. Yeah, it, and it's a little less weird than like when Peter Weller played Batman in Dark Knight mm. Returns, the animated movie adaptation. He's it was a okay, little stunt cast. Grew on me, but like there are a couple of lines that needed like the gravelly, like booming vase or, or bass yeah. rather of uh, of of like a different of a Bruce Greenwood or a Kevin Conroy that Peter Weller just was not able to accomplish. Absolutely, so I hear you. But uh, but uh, I, it also gives you opportunity to get some great Batman actors. It's to true. Play all the Batman. Absolutely, you can get everyone back you've ever wanted who's ever been a Batman to play a different type of Batman. You can get the kid who played Terry McGinnis, he could play a Batman. <laughs> Absolutely, Wilfred, yep, get him in there. We totally want him to be something. He can be, uh, what is it, he can be the Batwing. He can be Jason. Wouldn't that be funny? Because he was kind of playing a Jason-esque, younger, more rebellious Batman anyway, so let him be the Jason. Yeah, why not? Um, I, uh, in, in that, in a, t okay, so Batman makes sense. I didn't, uh, and I literally avoided the bat concept because I was like, I don't want anything. Else. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like it's been done to death. There's been so many, but I like the Batman ink thought idea. Uh, and then I was like, okay, let's do something just totally off, like out of left field. And so I wanted to do a thing that was like an anthology series, like where hmm. it's many different types of stories. They're all about different characters uh, and they're all about the darker side of the DC universe. It'd be kind of like an HBO series that I'm calling right. Sandman Mystery Theater, Ooh. which was a comic back in the day. But it nice. would basically specialize in some of the more either like Vertigo-esque titles or some of the older like characters that you just kind of forgot about. Or, or don't would remember. Sandman be our crypt keeper in this? Would he open up everyone and be like, oh, do I have a tale for you? And I he'd open up a I think something like that. I mean, like I think that it would be more like... Either the Spectre would probably open the show, or it'd be, mm. or, or 
or there is no like real like formal character that enters the show. It's just kind of like a very like it, it reminds. I'm thinking more of like the Superman 75th anniversary animation collage that was good. or the Powers intro, but something where it's like but way darker and it ends with the green suited like mask wearing Sandman and it's just like Sandman Mystery Theater and you're just like what is what's what's happening and then it goes right into it and I think you get a team like the guys from Mignola's group that made the yeah. uh, Amazing Screw On Head show. And just That's like, such a good pilot. Why did that never get picked up? I agree. But you get those people together and you just make an HBO or, a, you know, something like a niche uh, adult-oriented format network and just make a make an anthology show. Like shows that are like either shorts or, or short stories that are about characters that like are darker and maybe more mystical in tone. You get some Etrigan shows. You get some Sandman shows. Oh, yeah. You get some... Uh, some uh, What's it go? The Spectre shows. Dr. Fate would obviously factor in. Like, be- that would be so perfect because it's like you remember there was a little bit there where Cartoon Network set up like all those bumpers where it's like, hey, take some heroes, but take them into some weird, interesting directions. Yes, exactly. That would be nice. Get like a bunch of really good like artists in school. A lot of people who maybe never had their pilots picked up and said, OK, pick a character, run with it. You got five minutes. Yeah. So you get something like that, and uh, and also the music would have to be very dark and moody. I would get somebody, unfortunately, Shirley Walker's no longer with us, but anyone Ugh. like that, or anyone, or just get Danny freaking Elfman to do like a just a haunting, I know, right? Beetlejuice esque theme, and and I think you'd I think you'd have a hit, and not like not like a big hit. I think it'd be canceled after like a season and a half, but people would talk about like, did you see Sandman Mystery Theater when it was on because it was freaking amazing. <laughs> Even like when they were doing shorts attached to the DVD movies, like here's a Jonah Hex and here's a Spectre and here's a Green Arrow. Put all those together in an anthology and that would be great. Yeah, you just you just take that concept and go, we're going to do that. But as like a serial as as a show and, you know, maybe they link together, but more more likely they're all just autonomous and they don't necessarily have to be 30 minutes. It could be like it could be two half length shows about two completely different topics or characters that you just enjoy, you know, it's like watching, uh, yeah, like watching Crypt Keeper or something. Definitely. Heck, you could even go a step further and you could like heavy metal it where there's like one little MacGuffin, like, I don't know, like yeah. the Black Diamond or something that ties all the little shorts together. Again, I love, yeah, so that's something that I was like, that was the first idea I had. I was like, Sam and Misty Theater, I want to see that. Uh, that's pretty sick. I like that. So, all right, it looks like we got two green light. <laughs> <laughs> we love our work. What can I say? I know, I know. Uh, another one I had in mind, and this, you know, totally came apart because of a certain movie that's doing great right now. Mm-hmm. And my pitch for this would be The Legend of Wonder Woman. Oh, I see. I think I see where you're going with this, and I like where it's headed. So let's do it. She never had an animated series, no. which is funny because I imagine, I think Wonder Woman, we would be viewing her totally differently if Bruce Tim and the gang took a crack at her the same way they did Superman and Batman, updating the villains for the 90s, doing like their cool experimental stories. My idea for this is I would kind of like take a page out of the 90s playbook for making animated series out of movies where I would say, okay, so you just saw the Wonder Woman movie. Cool. That continuity still works. This is Diana in 2017 getting into adventures, trying to find her way back to the Themyscira. And along the way, we kind of do like a Lost Orange is the New Black thing where she flashes back to all the different adventures and all the different, you know, time she spent in Man's World and Beyond. Okay, I like that. That'd be cool. 
to where it's like and like even like uh what is it you could stunt cast some people like the nice museum lady she works with is linda carter oh yeah totally <laughs> and this would be a great way too where it's like you know you start working in all like the wonder woman villains my idea would be is that like dr psycho who i would of course want tim curry to voice oh he he would be like the master planner who's going along and slowly but surely creating all the Wonder Woman villains, you okay. know, like Giganta and Silver Swan. Gray Delisle would be my cheetah. All right, cool, cool. Great voice. And then I would also try and work in a Steve Trevor, but like a distant relative who also just so happens to be named Steve Trevor. Right, okay. And who is voiced by Matt Mercer. Oh, because <laughs> I like Matt Mercer, and I think everyone does if you like Critical Role or even if you like Overwatch. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's a great idea. That would be my pitch for it. Like Wonder Woman by way of Highlander, where she's like, I've lived so many lives, had so many adventures, and probably a lot of sword fights. Now, here's a question. Who's anim- or not who's animating, but what kind of style are you thinking for animation? Like old Superman uh, or something different? Yeah, definitely like old Superman, old Justice League is what I would imagine this. Like, you know... good old-fashioned like you know storyboards and thick dark lines and all that other good stuff what's the costume Ooh, that's a good question do we go with the one all of them (laughs) yeah i mean that's the yeah you're absolutely right sal you don't have to pick because if we're doing flashbacks yeah you can do everyone you want exactly uh yeah you you can even have heck heck, i I have another thing that kind of messes with time later but yeah make that part of the thing where it's like you know wonder woman in the 60s is wearing her weird white suit that she wore for a little bit yeah or at least like you have to do some kind of homage to it like she's gonna wear it or she's wearing it as like a uh what's it called it's like her regular clothes outfit and then she like gets rid of it to become wonder woman and like as a way of like saying that was really stupid and we're throwing it away like 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 the Luke Cage moment in the Luke Cage show where he's wearing the yellow and the tiara and he goes, get this shit off of me. D- did it, paid homage to it, I'm done with it. Ooh, you could do like the early 2000s where she's got the jacket and the pants and she's like, that was a weird time. Yes, very much so. Because <laughs> she's had like a lot of them is the thing too. Not so much as Batman and Superman where you can really tell what era it is, but there's been enough small changes to her costume over the well, years. Absolutely. No, I like the idea of kind of seeing an evolutionary process of the costume or being able to track it over time. Like you go from like the skirt, like the, the straight up like star spangled skirt to the like the mm-hmm. leather bound, like, or not leather bound, but like the leather skirt to the, uh, like to the, like bikini bottom like you know yeah trunks kind of thing um it, 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 the the possibilities are endless and of course the merchandising popularity popular possibilities are endless as well because you can make all kinds of different wonder woman variant figures and dolls mm-hmm. and whatnot. that's the idea also crazy as it sounds you know who i would want to voice my wonder woman ideally i think a lot of people are going to disagree with me maybe even you two janet varney janet varney why do i know that name she's cora yeah, all right. That's fine. I don't I don't like Cora, but I do like the voice and I've met I have actually met her a couple times. But like she's She's a sweet lady. Sweet lady. I feel really bad. I'm like, "Hey, you ruined Avatar." But uh she And it's her natural talking voice too is the thing. That's the thing. She just sounds like that. And you know, it's a solid it's a solid strong like female voice. I I dig it. That's why I would want her for the role. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my dream Wonder Woman show. And as the chat is saying too, yeah, you could also work in the sidekicks. You could work in Donna Troy. You could work in Casey Sandsmark. You could work in everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. Man, can I throw out a voice actor for uh, for Hippolyta? I'd like, to, I'd like to get Lena Headey into voice acting. Oh, she's good. She's good. 
By the She's way, really uh, good. Huge shout out and thank you to Art to getting Artsy with a lobster who uh, said, "Can we just get the same quality of Max Fleischer Superman cartoon decades yeah. later?" Because let me tell you something, I saw uh, a clip of the old Max Fleischer Superman cartoons literally yesterday, and I'm like, this still holds up. It does. Like they put in the work and they future proofed the shit out of that can, show. Can I say I think that was my first exposure to Superman in any format was the Max Fleischer cartoons because my parents were very stuff. my dad is an old man. So he was like, hey, like, look at these cart, Look at my Superman cartoons. And I'm like, this is cool. It was not dated and weird. No, it's really not. Although, it I does, mean, you know, what was a little dated and weird was the Superman animated series from Ruby Spears. That was the one in the 80s. It was based off of the, like, John Byrne 80s Man of Steel series that had, like, they ended every episode with, like, the Kents going through their photo album being like, oh, remember that time that Clark burned the barn down? And then we go into it and we have to do a flashback of Superman, like, as a boy learning to, like, deal with his powers. And it's, like, a weird kind of, like, is a silly story kind of thing. Um I kind of like that show. I, 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 I wish we could see something like that, but I think it's just too cemented in its own time. Yeah. I don't think there's any way you could recapture a show like that. Maybe in a couple years when people are more nostalgic for it. But I would like to see a like Max Fleischer Batman cartoon. Ooh, that'd be fun. I think we kind of did, and I think it was called Batman in the Animated That's clearly where they were drawing all their theory from, especially in some scenes like uh, Almost Got Him looks very Fleischer with, like, the light fixtures that aren't really attached because they're playing around with all this shadow and everything. The real one that I think of every time is the Mr. Freeze episode Mm. uh, because of the animation team that worked on it and just, like those moments where it would be really close and it was obviously like just this painted beautiful thing and you get like the the frost on Freeze's helmet it's just so unbelievable good. it's just breathtaking the company that went bankrupt yeah, doing that bankrupt itself making the greatest looking show of all time damn right at least I, it won an award good i uh i got a pitch for you right now it's replacing the teen T- or the 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 teen titans go show it's called mm-hmm, plastic like- man that's fine. That's five, fine by me. Five to eight minute long shorts about Plastic Man, and he does all your dumb fart jokes and pizza eating he's supposed and bullshit to. and like whatever. It's just Plastic Man. I think is is like Teen Titans Go is a weird show because yes. the Teen Titans show resonated with a lot of fans, and for many people, surprisingly enough, that was the show that exposed the majority of folks to the concept of the Titans and to most of those characters, particularly Cyborg. Like a lot of people yeah. are like, like Cyborg's a, a, a justice leaguer. No, he, he, he's like, he's jockeying for leadership of the Titans. Like he and Robin he are neck be. and neck. Like, and let me tell you, I've never seen a better version of Cyborg than on the original Teen Titans show. Carrie Payton really owned it. He really did. And he keeps coming back to do the voice and everything. Which is nice. But when they canceled it unceremoniously and people were like, that sucks. Then they said, like, don't worry. The, all the voices are coming back. The character designs are back. And it's keeping a similar name. And it uses kind of the, the same like verbiage from like the the animated series theme song. Yeah. Uh, you think like maybe we're getting something like that and they're like nope, maybe. it's a it's an 8 minute long fart joke. Would you like to watch that with but with your beloved characters? Like with all the same characters, it's all the same voices and and, and just like modified designs, but they're also like making weird like soccer jokes at each other. 
it, it is funny how they seem to take all the worst aspects of Teen Titans. It's like, hey, you remember you liked that show and you liked these characters and it was kind of anime-esque and everything. What if we make it even more kind of anime-esque, <laughs> make it look way cheaper and shittier, yeah. and we and we take out like all the actual serious moments with Deathstroke and Raven and everything you like yeah. there, and we'll just we'll just and aim, we'll aim it at super young kids. Yeah. And Cartoon Network, we're going to be way into it because, like, we'll only ever run marathons of it. And apparently, like, it must not cost much to, much to make, but uh, it'll be it. like, hey, remember Batman animated series? You like that show? Well, we got the same team that made Ren and Stimpy, and we're going to do Batman cart- or Batman animated, and it's just going to be, like, eight minutes long, and it'll be about Batman, like, slipping on banana peels, and, like, it'll just be sad and weird. And, like, no amount of Easter eggs in your show is going to endear me to your unfunny child show. I'm did, sorry. Did, did you ever see the Young Justice episode they did for Teen Titans Go? Because they had most of the voice cast anyway. I, I saw one where they were like, wow, you guys are serious. I saw the one where like they needed to get serious. I think that's the one. Which is such a terrible reading of why people liked Young Justice and didn't like Teen Titans Go. And I think the writer later came out and said, yeah, I never even watched Young Justice. I just wanted to make fun of people who didn't like our show. Yeah, well, like, fine. But do that in the comments below like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, don't don't build an episode where it's like, no, no, the problem – we didn't like Young Justice because it was overly serious. We liked it because it was an actual show with character development and, like, good stuff. Well, it did both. I mean, like, because I avoided Teen Titans for the longest time because I thought it was just, like, some, like, some weird Western version of anime. Mm. And then I watched it. I'm like, oh, it's actually pretty good. Too bad this shit got canceled a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, uh, I've been there. But I think if you took that format and gave it to, like, give it to O'Brien and just said, like, just have at it. Basically make it, like, like, Freakazoid meets, like, you know, Earthworm Jim. But it's Plastic Man, and you use all the same trappings and for and short form, you know, format. Like it would be Freakazoid perfect. is basically a ten to 11, to eleven minute long show. Yes, um, it is. And the fact that it's owned by Warner Brothers, I'm throwing out another pitch. Bring back Freakazoid. <laughs> you know, it's so weird that Freakazoid, like culturally, has not like you know aged like a fine wine in the zeitgeist. Where it's like, guys, he was like. A guy talking about the internet oh. and like what it would do to us and what it would do to the world. Why is no one giving this a second look? This was a million years ahead of its That's time. The thing. Like, okay, so when Freakazoid came out, everybody was talking about the internet and referring to it, believe it or not, as the information superhighway. It was a conduit through which we could all connect the human experience together and share our wealth of knowledge and experiences and and our beliefs and somehow despite all the bullshit rhetoric about what the internet could be when freakazoid is or rather dexter douglas is sucked into Mm -hmm. the internet when he comes out he is a meme shooting like spouting random machine he literally becomes the modern incarnation of the internet as it is is now but when it was in its infancy that is a fucking concept that you could run with even well here's a it's a concept that now you could run straight right into the ground just like every concept that you have that you like own that you remember you have like an animaniacs reboot i'm sure won't be completely bullshit you know, like, yeah. but Freakazoid, there's no integrity there anyway. It's just, it was a really great idea that had a brilliant execution. And so I'm just like, if you want to do that again and you want to make it a DC thing and get the DC fans, just Plastic Man. Plastic Man is Freakazoid. Although Freakazoid is mostly just Madman, but 
we won't. Yeah, that's the. But but we don't talk about that or the lawyers but get involved. Don't tell Mike Allred because he'll just get mad at you. I'm sure. I'm sure he will. But yeah, Fre- Freakazoid would be genius. Plastic Man would be genius. I'm guessing. I'm guessing you didn't watch much of Justice League action. I liked it. I, I don't think not. you did. Uh, I watched. I watched enough of it to speak intelligently about it. But it just. It was not enough for me. I was like, there, this there's. Is, it was not for me. There, I felt there were some really strong episodes in there. What I really enjoyed is actually what they did with Plastic Man. They basically took your idea for him in that show, and they were pushing him super hard. Yes, actually, they were. well, because they're like, this is—it's fun to animate him. He can do anything, and he lends himself to this format. Yeah. The problem really, was really for me did. when they brought back Mark Hamill to play the Joker, and I, I was like, yay! Then I heard him, and I'm like, you're too old, man. You can't play mm. the Joker anymore. Like that. He- it was an interesting Swamp Thing, though, an interesting choice. Yeah, you know, like that was a great idea, and for me, I was like, that, like, I can I can hear him too much. Yeah, I can hear Mark Hamill in there. By the way, just him talking Wyatt normally. suggested a Justice League International by the Animani- Animaniacs team. Hold uh, on to your hat, man, because I'm getting to a Justice League International show. <laughs> I also have a Booster Gold Blue Beetle pitch, actually. That's, a, that's fine, but it's it, a Booster Gold Blue Beetle show is, is its own can be its own thing. But to, to dovetail off what you were saying about uh, Plastic Man, I had a very similar pitch, only it was for Harley Quinn is what it was for. That's a, that's, that's a million-dollar idea that will – the second that I come out of the room and finish my Plastic Man pitch after I just talked about Freakazoid, you're going to go in there with that idea but Harley Quinn, and they're going to go, done, welcome to the so... team, and I'll be out there on my ass. So, like, let me <laughs> tell you, yeah. No, a Harley Quinn short comedy 11 minutes. show is, like – I don't even know if I necessarily would watch it, but I know it would make bank. Oh, God, yeah. The merchandising thing at your local Hot Topic, forget about it. But here's my thing. Like, that idea writes itself, but I actually have an idea of how I would make it good even and actually make it like you would want to watch it. So basically I'm taking the framework of the Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor stuff, which is what people know now. It's what made her the new pillar. She moves to New York. She got a mysterious will saying, hey, you now own, like, a boarding house with all these, like, weird, colorful circus characters, so they all get to become characters. But – just her coming from New York, uh, from to New York from Gotham, absolutely sets up like or s- sets off the criminal apple cart. Okay. Like all the mob and all the big power players in New York are like, oh, this isn't good. Harley Quinn's coming here. That must mean she's scouting it out for the Joker. That must mean they're going to try and take over. We have to take her out, but we have to make it not look like we did it because we don't want to go to war with the Gotham family. So every episode, every 11 minutes is set up like this weird, funny, like monster of the week show, or in this case, assassin of the week. So they'll send like some hapless goon to try and kill Harley Quinn while she's just living her life, you know, buying groceries, doing yoga, hanging out with people. It's just Sylvester and Tweety. Sylvester's yes. trying to eat the bird. They're trying, it's to, pure, they're trying to whack Harley. Yeah. It's pure Looney Tunes. They try and whack her, and they end up, again, slipping on banana peels and having <laughs> anvils dropped on their head. Yeah. Like, really, I really want to go back to, like, yeah, again, like you said, Sylvester and Tweety, uh, Elmer and Bugs. Yeah. I want it to just be that. It's the Roadrunner cartoons, but it's and you could actually, you could even use the, like, since you know you're doing it, you could do a little, like, tongue-in-cheek, wink and a nudge, like, you could use the the sound effects from Looney Tunes. Like, when, when Harley, just... like, when Harley's about to hit somebody with her friggin' giant hammer and kill them, she, like, makes mm. the, like, the meep-meep sound and then just crushes him. It's Warner Brothers, so you, those are all in their library. They can do it, and you can even go a step further. Like, they don't just have to be goons in suits. 
make them loser villains no one will miss like killer moth tries to kill her this episode yeah. oh absolutely um or Tight a flash face. villain mirror master or uh and then and maybe one time like maybe at the end or sometime you could throw in deathstroke or uh or or a dead shot and just make it someone of, who knows what they're doing yeah, yeah and just and, sh- and and what happens then? I don't know, but we'll have them it. be annoyed. Like have it like Harley doesn't know. It's like, oh, hey, Floyd. It's like, hey, what are you doing here? You come to visit? Oh, yeah, yeah, come to visit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, Harley he just show feels is gold. bad. That's no, that's that's a no fucking brainer. She could even take it in a serious direction to where she starts having flashbacks of why she left the Joker and why she left Gotham, which means maybe you could get Mark Hamill or Troy Baker or someone in there to be the Joker. But maybe like a funny thing is you hear his voice, but he never actually appears. I like that idea better. Uh, I don't mind seeing the Joker, but I also like the idea of letting if you're going to push a Harley show, let her stand on her own. You know, you can make reference to the Joker, but like do that thing and like they did in Teen Titans where they never showed Batman, but you knew he yeah. was there. Like just do that with the. With I like the, that. That's good. So yeah, that's that's my Harley pitch. And for the voice, I want Hayden Welch to do the voice. She did it in what was it? Uh, the Batman and Assault on Arkham. Yeah. I, I think she's a little better than Tara Strong because she's basically just trying to do an old Harley impression. Now, what about uh, the other one, the one from Big Bang Theory that played her? Um... I was not so much of a fan of her. She's going to be in the new one. Yes, she's going to be in that movie. I don't remember what it's called. Or I think it's called Batman and Harley Quinn. But my question is, who plays her? And it's Melissa Rauch. Right. Uh, I kind of dug it. I, I, having watched the the uh, the trailers for it, like I think she could be better. Like then, certainly better than Tara Strong. But we'll see what happens. She's fine. She's all right. But again. I, I, I would prefer just like an old Arlene Sorkin impression, and I think Welch does that pretty well. I agree with you. Um, as far as uh, the, the rest of my pitches are shows. Like nice. 22-minute long animated shows that are going in linear order, that have a running plot. Uh, my pitch, which I've mentioned earlier, was it's called Justice League. But really, it's Justice League International. Ooh, tricky, tricky. It's almost like an adaptation of the Giffen, DiMatteis, Kevin Maguire series. It's good shit. It's an action comedy, almost like Office. And I don't mean The Office. I mean like an Office comedy. Where right, workplace. They're they're they are they're in an office in Detroit. They're the Justice League. They've got and the team is the team pretty much from Justice League International. You've got Guy Gardner. You got Marshman under. You got Batman and uh, and Fire and Ice and Blue and maybe Blue Beetle and and uh, and what's his name uh, Booster Gold because you need Great them lineup. Maxwell Lord and all that and just make it about these characters that are celebrating the fact that they're superheroes like they for they don't need to always be like god i have all this power what will i do and how does it mean no nor do i want to see like marshman are working in a freaking like temp agency <laughs> i mean just like it's a show about the justice league being leaguers and you know like they they respond to threats and they and you know maybe the threats are sometimes beneath them and they have to deal with it anyway and and but mostly it's about the team and how dysfunctional and crappy they are and how they don't get mm. along at all and they all want to fuck each other or they want to punch each other and it's just kind of <laughs> like it's all a, it's it's just it it explores and exploits the magic of that series and what it represented while also giving you something that you but still brimstone shows up and they have got to fight him and it's still cool like and you get to you get to really take a couple of those characters because because Batman's in it they'll show up but like oh, of course. oh look at that the most of this episode's about fire 
you know, and so that's kind of fun, and and you just kind of Trojan horse it basically. Where I you, I like everything about it, you know, and of course I think the main the main characters are like the or the the, the real standout breakout characters are Booster Gold and Blue Beetle and their relationship. Of course, um, but uh, yeah, so so that that's it. It's just called Justice, but it's called Justice League, and like the poster is just that iconic Kevin Maguire cover of all of them looking at you and Guy Gardner being like, "What are you looking at?" That kind of thing, like. It's, so good. It's literally like the opening credits. I'm imagining them like it's like a microcosm of what they're doing where it's like the Justice League. And then it's like and then it like kind of like moves away from Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman into bat like them leave like Wonder Woman going one way, Superman leaving the other way. They're, they're in silhouette and Batman going like, mm-hmm. and then like, you know, calling somebody and then like you <laughs> see all these other characters like join the squad and and then it all like kind of coalesces into them kind of posing for a picture no one's going to take where it's a I can see it right it's now. It's a recreation of the cover from Justice League International. And it just says Justice League and so you think oh, I'm watching a Justice League show, but we're we're tricking you into really watching a Justice League International show. Nice. And that's a, that's a great idea and very in line with what DC and Warner Brothers does with their titles. Exactly. Yeah, where they're like it's it's Justice League Dark with Batman in it. <laughs> Yeah, everything must also have Batman. But this one, at least, like, you know, you you have people who, who will be naysayers and complainers, like, I can't believe they put Batman in this. And it's like, he's he was in there he was in there before, too. He was you the one. The hardcore fans can so can go, no, Batman runs this team. Yeah. So, yeah. That's it. <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, another one I had cooking, and again, I probably gave this one the most focus. You remember the very short-lived Demon Knights, which was like the medieval Justice League. It had Etrigan and Vandal Savage and Madame Xanadu. The comic, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Think, we, have, we have the entire run of it. Someone sent it to us. It's pretty short. I think that while that might not have worked as a comic, I think that would have cleaned up as an animated show. But it has a lot of untapped potential and even a lot of crossover appeal for people who don't know these are DC comic characters. Right on. Now, what's the story? What is this? Uh, it would just be a straight-up adaptation, go pure sword and sorcery adventure. It's all these weirdo, medieval, magical dudes in armor who form a team. And, like, I would do, like, like Dungeons & Dragons comedy where it's like, okay, we were, like, you know, hired to go stop these goblins. But, oh, no, wait, Vandal's running ahead and everything. And, oh, but Jason Blood and Etrigan are fighting each other. Okay, all right. That's what I would do with it, and I think there's a lot you could do with that. And, of course, because, you know... It is the DC universe bringing some immortal characters who would have been alive at that time. Hey, now you got to fight Ra's al Ghul in the yeah, League of Assassins because he's alive. Or, yeah, that'd be great. No, I'd well, Vandal's that. on the team is the fun part. That's right. That's right. Because no, he's like not quite that. a bad guy yet. You get to see his turn to full on dark side. At this point, he's just a fun loving Conan the Barbarian. Nice. Okay. I'd watch I that. think. I think that would work. And again, too crossover appeal for people who don't know because what was the last good like fantasy swords dragons cartoon That's we got the thing. there haven't been many but i remember when i was growing up there were a bunch i know i think i think there's a nostalgic like part of the brain that we can touch for this if this became a thing you know what really be the litmus test will be the wonder woman conan crossover if that works yeah. if people buy it then maybe there's a hope for it but like there was the Conan the Adventurer show with Conan yes. and his merry friends. There was another Conan cartoon show. Uh, the, even the one where it's King Arthur and their football players and they got trapped oh, in the Oh, King basket. Arthur and the Knights of Justice. <laughs> like, there is, there is a precedent for animated shows catering towards, like, kids 
that are set in the medieval times. There was a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon show for God's there sake. There was. Paul Dini cut his teeth on that that's show. That's right. That's right. I mean, Gummy Bears is a medieval cartoon it, show. It was. I mean, look at uh, what's it called? Gargoyles. The whole most of the damn show takes place in the in a flashback. Uh, Ivanhoe. That was another one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, freaking no, Ivanhoe got a show. Yeah. The, the list goes on and on. Uh, I think there's a precedent for it. I would I would give it at least a season. Yeah, I think I think you could do a lot in that one season. You could do some fun shit with that. Yeah. Um, my one my last pitch, more or less, is basically just like with net, people like Netflix shows. People like they to do. binge watch, and so uh, one of the things that people complain about when DC does an adaptation, unless it's Killing Joke, is that there's not enough. Mm. Uh, whenever the T- DC does like a movie adaptation of something, they always leave some crucial thing out. Something that, you know, maybe it wasn't the unnecessary component that like was able to give us a good story, but it was something that was missed and an audience like wanted to see uh, realized. You, someone's leaving disappointed. So rather than try and compartmentalize and distill these epic long stories, uh, why not make them into shows? Like just mini series. And yeah. just release them on a seasonal basis, the way Marvel does with the Netflix shows. But instead of it being Marvel and like it's DC, and instead of it being live action, it's animation. And every year or so, or every other year, there's a mini series of the Long Halloween, or there's a mini series of Nightfall, or there's these a like series. great stories everyone knows, or every comic reader knows. Yeah, exactly, because people are talking about like how they want to see um, like Watchmen become like a cartoon show. Um, while I don't necessarily agree that Watchmen needs to be ad- adapted any more than it already has, and I don't mean because, once was like, enough. I don't mean that they struck oil when it came to the freaking uh, Scott Snyder or Zack Snyder uh, Watchmen movie. But yeah, I think like less is more when it comes to adapting Watchmen. But uh, but if they were to adapt Watchmen, an animated series wouldn't be the worst way to go. No, and, it wouldn't. And as such, like you could do all the things, and you could do some of the things that like maybe wouldn't sell like a full movie or wouldn't work as a full movie. Like, man, Batman No Man's Land could be a really cool show. It really could be. There's a lot of material to work with. You know, you could just run this whole like the, the you, and you could then do all these things with it where you you know you 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 employ these great people and you and you work towards it. You can have like episodes that are kind of like where you really pay attention to like the down like quiet, like low, you know, like slower moments while also, you know, doing the high action and stuff. Um, The good stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is the, I mean, while it would be hard to do, wouldn't it be fun to see like an eight episode miniseries called Crisis on Infinite Earths? (laughs) I'd be there with freaking bells on. You know I would be. As opposed to a movie that's like 80 minutes long that's directed by Justin Lin or whatever the hell is, or James Bond. And like just being like, oh, cool, again. Again, another one. Oh, wow. Well, they did such a bang-up job with Flashpoint. I guess I'll fucking do a good job. Like, you know, Hush should be a great show. I, I'm not, I know that most be. of my examples are Batman, but I'm a big Batman fan, so that's... And Batman has the most material to work with again. Yeah, I mean, you could do The Death of Superman as a show. Would love it. Uh, you could do uh, Just Like Tower of Babel as a show. I mean, we know we just got movies of those things, and, but they're called different stuff. But, like, hell, Kingdom Come would be a fucking killer show. God damn, it would be, yeah, especially because we live in a day and age where, like, miniseries are getting so much popular now, like The People versus OJ and all that other stuff. Exactly, you're already getting shows, like, why not do that? Like, why not, like, why not, uh, and why not embrace animation, which allows you to, of course, like, 
you know, where, where everyone's kind of pushing towards like superhero live action, particularly Warner Brothers. Um, mm. But then they go like, listen, it's a TV budget. We can't always do these things. Well, listen, if you do animation, he can go to fucking Mars and back, and it won't cost you any more or less than having a scene where Iris and Wally are ta- or Barry are talking again. Like, yeah, you can have all sorts of crazy action scenes if you want. Exactly. You can go everywhere and you can do anything. So why not? That's the Especially power of animation. Especially if you own a freaking animation studio. That too. It's it's such a shame that they're not pushing themselves like they used to, even though they own an animation studio. The, the fact that I think both studios, both Disney and DC or Warner Brothers have dropped it. And I think they're dropping the ball. Disney dropped it before they even had a chance to like play because Disney's like, if I hold Disney to a high standard where I'm like, you guys were the number one animation studio in the fucking world. What are you doing? Mm. Why aren't you making the best cartoons you can of these? Why are you phoning it in? You spent $4 billion on it. Get the goddamn shit. Like, I don't know what you're doing. I think star Wars was $4 billion. I I think Marvel was a lot less, but uh, my point being, you know, like DC, it's more sad. It's a harder fall because we know they can do better. We know yeah, they've this... done better. And I mean, look how good Rebels is. Why can't you do like Rebels quality with some of the shit you own? How is Re- how is Guardians of the Galaxy not a Rebels show? You get the same people from Rebels. When the show ends, make it a freaking Marvel cosmic show. But um, but it's a DC show, so we'll we'll stick with uh. Well, we'll well, stick with the, the, Marvel can be a whole episode on its own. Don't Marvel's you worry. Marvel is just like a is just a shame on you for never living up to your potential. DC is a like, you've done it before. Just remember your brothers and get back to work. Like, please, please. Yeah. So uh, what else you got? Okay, so this is this would be an eleven minute thing. You remember? I'm sure you remember this better than I do. Back in the day, MTV had liquid television oh, for all oh, these oh. like. Weird, experimental, out there the shows. Head, the Max. The Max, mm. by the way, just a really quick aside, The Max might be, the show might be better than the comic. Yes, I've heard you say that before. It is. I mean, it literally is an, adapt, an adaptation of the comic, but it ends earlier than the comic does in a more powerful way. <laughs> and before Sam Keith goes full Sam Keith on his art. So, like, if it's... No, if you have not watched The Max or you've not watched MTV's Oddities, uh, so good. you should check them out. Aeon Flux, The Head, The Max, amazing shows and really experimental and fucking weird. Now, if you like that, then you're going to love my pitch right here. Doom Patrol by way of liquid television. Yep. 11 minutes, just weird, fucked up shorts. I have no money, but you can take it. Here it is. Like, please. <laughs> a Doom Patrol liquid television show is like, what the crap? Like... Why aren't you doing that already? Like, that's a weird thing where it's like, why didn't the dude from no Chemical brainer. Romance just, just pitch that? He had the money for it. And again, you know, I imagine this would, because there is no liquid television anymore, this I would think would be straight to YouTube so you could get around a lot of the censors and around a lot of the other stuff to just be as fucking weird as you want. And like, we've seen stuff like Salad Fingers and Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Even like Marble Hornets be really popular online. Just animate some of this weird shit. There's clearly an audience for it. Absolutely. No, you. Hell, why don't you go? Why don't you go full like uh, GarageBand with it and get independent YouTube animators to work on it? They, they need the work, and there's a lot of great talent out there. You know, maybe it's eight minutes. That's great. And then you could just outsource. Like every episode is done by a completely different animation team. And it's a and, and and independently created and un, and operated by the people who who run 
this format in general. Love it. Love it to death. I, I even got my team and I cast actors for them. Oh, nice. Well, who have you got? Okay, so obviously you need the chief slash the head, as Morrison called him during his run. I would get Canada's own David Kay to do his voice. He was Charles Xavier in X-Men Evolution, and the chief is basically Justin Xavier anyway, so yep. there you go. No, it's a great voice. I love it. Love him to death. Uh, robot Man, who I was split on this. I imagine he would have a deep, booming voice despite being a robot. I would want Keith David, or if you couldn't get him, Phil Lamar. Okay, I'll take either one of them. They're both really great. Elastigirl, of course, Ashley Birch. My internet crush, oh. Ashley Birch, to be Elastigirl. <laughs> She's a sweetie. I, That's an idea. She really is. Okay, so here's where I actually start fucking with people a little bit. Beast Boy, but we don't call him Beast Boy because he's an adult now. He's Changeling. Oh, nice. He's Changeling, and I thought it would be funny. Get the actor from Teen Titans <laughs> Go to voice him in this weird fucked up one because, yeah. like, cyborg voices himself and everything so why should this guy not do the same or to make it really funny get seth green to be him oh that'd be fun yeah he'd do a great job he would and my final pick here and this is where i got to be extra weird ambush bug yeah. is going to be on the team and he's going to be voiced by brian posey <laughs> you do that in a heartbeat and I thought a fun, like, framing device for this thing is that, like, Ambush Bug is filming the team, being like, you know, oh, I want to make a documentary about us so people aren't so freaked out by us anymore. Yeah, yeah. Only he ends up making, like, really disturbing, fucked up movies. Right, exactly. Because they're weird and fucked up people. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I think I did a... I don't think I got the right idea here. Oops. You, oh, you cool. can make it really something where it's like again if this is a youtube thing it's ambush bugs channel that these videos get put up uh, on i love it and you're seeing like his video diaries uncut and everything yeah that's gold that's a great idea man holy shit. i was happy with that when i was i liked out that one do you have any more or is that it uh, i have a couple more but these ones will go much quicker all right let's so Obviously, this would be an. This is something I had in mind for Adult Swim. I call it Lobo the Brave and the Bastich. <laughs> and the idea for this one is is that you know Lobo is a fun character. He's a cool character. He's chaotic though. So you need a straight man for Lobo. I think to really make a Lobo property take off, you need like a guy, a POV. Mm -hmm. So the POV I picked for Lobo is Funky Flashman. Okay, I am Again, not familiar with Funky Flashman. He's he's like a weird like '40s DC character. They keep bringing him back mainly because his name is so funny. Uh huh. He's had a dozen different jobs, but in my version of it, I imagine he would be a down on his luck uh, like movie writer trying to pitch something to a studio about a badass space bounty hunter. Little does he know, though, this studio is actually controlled by white Martians and one day gets shot up by Lobo on a job. Lobo reads his script, though, decides he likes it and says, OK, you're going to follow me around in a day in the life cop style and you're going to tell my story to the world. I love it. That's great. So he's kind of kidnapped, but he also kind of gets like, what's that thing? Uh, Stockholm Syndrome oh, yeah. from hanging out with Lobo. And because like Lobo's terrassing around space, you can make it like a DC cosmic show too, where like you meet the Thanagarians and you meet the Daxums and everything. Yeah, you can do all kinds of like really fun, high flying, like cosmic shit without making it a show about that. And because it's Adult Swim, I would really try and push the comedy violence. I would make it like itchy and scratchy, a happy tree friends level of just Lobo ripping people to shreds and himself getting ripped up too because he, much like Deadpool, can heal from absolutely everything. Yep, exactly. 
I think a Lobo show is inevitable, and I think that uh, why not? Let's go for it. Now, now, how about some voices here? Obviously, in a perfect world, we'd get Brad Garrett back, but he's yeah. a little old now. Yeah. Freddie Tatasciur does the voice of the Hulk and everything now, and Lobo and the Hulk, kind of similar-ish. He's a pretty good actor. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure I, he'd like to play a guy who can actually talk. That would be nice. John DiMaggio, again, too. Man can do anything. It's no question. That's that's my pick. Bender as the Dem voice of, uh, of Lobo is great. Nice. And for Funky, I thought, hey, Sam Regal, because I've cast literally everyone else from Critical Role. Let's yeah. give him a job. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Regal, I imagine he could be like a fun little nebbishy guy forced to follow around Lobo at gunpoint and write about him. Totally. Uh, obviously, of course, as a giant Green Arrow fan, I had to have a pitch for him. This this is like adapted from a live action thing. Remember, they were supposed to do like Supermax, which was going to be a Green Arrow movie, but it Great wouldn't idea. have his name in it. Yeah, he'd be in prison, kind of like at the end for Cry for Justice. Yep. Just turn it into an animated movie. Yeah. No, that's gold. I would watch that in a heartbeat. Literally take the same script. They should just take all like the undone movies and just do those. Like... But yeah, Supermax is a great idea. That... And, and the pitch would be Green Arrow's in jail. He's surrounded by a bunch of the villains he put away who hate him and want to kill him. And the mystery of the movie would be, well, what did he do to get sent to jail? Did, did he kill Prometheus? That's the word on the street mm -hmm. is that he killed Prometheus. Did he go too far? Is he a superhero unhinged? Right. But by the end of the movie, we find out that Green Arrow and Batman put all of this together to put him in prison so he could stop Merlin from breaking out all of the bad guys. Cool. Yeah, and if that's right. popular, you spin that off into a Green Arrow show. Yeah, I agree. Now here's a question: Is uh, who is it? Uh, who plays Green Arrow? Ah, see, it's funny. You know, he's had a lot of actors over the year, but I don't think there's ever been a truly definitive Green Arrow voice. No, I agree. Although I do love Justice, Justice League Unlimited's voice. He's really good. The guy from Young Justice was good. But yeah, I, I don't know who I would cast as Green Arrow. I, I'm too close to the material. Mm. No one would be for me. Who who would you like to see, Sal? I would in just that get the guy from Justice League Unlimited. I think he did a great job. I, I associate him with that voice. I love it. I, I love yeah. that guy. He's, now that he's said, really that was, like, ten, that was a long time ago, so maybe not. Maybe somebody maybe somebody a little younger. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It needs to be somebody, like, because that guy, whoever he was, had like a... Like a gruffness, but it was still like a like with with a lilt of 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 um of of life and youth, and I'd like to keep that because Green Arrow needs I the worst Green Arrow for me is the Green Arrow that like hates everything. It's true. Um. So no, we need like a Green Arrow that's like ah, I'm Errol Flynn. Like yeah, that would be nice. A fun loving wheeling and dealing Green Arrow. It's interesting in Justice League action. He was the dumbass of the team, interestingly enough. He was the guy who had to keep asking questions. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, the chat says Alan Tudyk played him on Green Air. Sure, let's get Alan Tudyk back. That'd be fine. Yeah, he'd be a better, uh, he'd be certainly a better uh, Green Arrow than Superman. Yeah, or Van Wayne. I don't know who that is. That was the Powerless show. That was oh, the character. Oh, God, yes. I was like, what? Oh. You know that's Van fine. Wayne's a real character? <laughs> I know, I know, right? What a weird place to do such a deep cut. Yeah, it is weird. All right, I got one last pitch here, and this is probably the one I'm the most proud of. Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Time Warped. Yep, 
<laughs> is what this would be. The idea is is that the Justice League have just busted Kronos, the big time traveling bad guy. Mm-hmm. He has a machine. The League doesn't know how it works. And they're like, oh, God, well, the only person we know who deals with time travel is Booster Gold. Hey, Blue Beetle, can you can you go get him and bring him to the Watchtower? He does. <laughs> Turns out he has no idea what this Kronos machine is. He fucks it up, and him and Blue Beetle end up getting thrown, not just through time, but through hyper-time. Oh, God. Yes. Okay. So this becomes a Samurai Jack-style scenario where Blue, uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold need to get back to their present, but along the way, they go through all sorts of crazy paths. You know, they go to World War II. They go to, like, you know, uh, the Hindenburg, all these huge events. They go to the Wild West and meet Jonah Hex. But where I really try and sell it, though, is that the time periods they visit match that era in comics. So when they go to World War II, everything is Golden Age. Yes, exactly. No, I I hear, I, I was there. I was like... One day they go into the future and it's Batman Beyond. Or yep, exactly, uh, which yeah. means you get those actors back. Yeah, no, I love that idea. Especially, even it, if it's not in the universe of Batman Beyond, like, where it's not in the Justice League Unlimited universe, it's literally just, like, its own thing, but it's like, no, in this future, it's Batman Beyond. Like, we're going through I, multiverse, kind of. I have a line in it right there where it's like, you know, uh, Booster, not only did we get trapped in time, we've got trapped in hyper-time. These aren't just futures and past. These are possible futures and past. Yeah, no, it's Sliders and Quantum Leap at the same time. I'm it's, down. It's just like that. And, you know, obviously, because they're jumping through time, they'll meet Sergeant Rock and the Blackhawks and Jonah Hex and every, like, historic here. Actually, this this is the show that could tie the whole universes together because they could run into Wonder Woman at some point and yeah. the Demon Knights at some point. They could Absolutely. cross other shows. Oh yeah, you could run it. He, they could go to the Legion of Superheroes. They could meet Superboy when Super. They could like they could be stuck in Kansas and not since they don't know Superman's secret identity, they're just like they're just like crap. What are we gonna do? And they run into a nice kid named Clark Kent who's like you know oh, no mm-hmm. it, it writes itself. They- they also need a good foil, too, and tell me what you think of this. So, obviously, they're, like, threatening to destroy the space-time continuum. Kronos got loose, too, so he's giving them trouble. But also, uh, they're being hunted by the Time Master, Rip Hunter, who is, of course, the actual son of Booster Gold, but he doesn't know that yet. Right, of course. <laughs> no, you gotta and do he, Rip Hunter. And he's, he's like the cop who's like, oh, you know, you did it again, Booster Gold. <laughs> and, uh... And Blue Beetle, you done did it. And, like, again, I I was even, like, thinking of a potential episode. Like, okay, they go back to, like, Renaissance Italy and, like, Ra's al Ghul and the League of Assassins are trying to kill Da Vinci, so they need to protect Da Vinci from ninjas. Yeah, I'm watching that episode, obviously. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, well, what about historical characters? Can they go back to Victorian London and meet Sherlock Holmes, yeah. even though he wasn't they're, real? They're public domain, you can use them, absolutely. Sherlock Holmes... Sherlock Holmes and Batman crossed over once in a very old Batman issue, so yeah, you can. They did. In fact, let's do that. They end up coming at that point, or oh, oh, even better, they end up coming to like the Dark Knight Returns future, and they have to fight the mutant gang. I would love that. You never see. You never even see Batman. You're, or you do it where it's before Carrie becomes Robin. They just they save a young Carrie Kelly, and ah, that's the one. Yeah. It's like, wow, you guys sure dress weird, don't you? (laughs) And the only (laughs) rule for it too. The only rule for the show could be that they could never run into other versions of Booster Gold or Blue Beetle because doing that would destroy the universe. Oh, and that's like, that's the rule. Never meet yourself. No, exactly. I love that. Now, which Blue Beetle is it? 
Uh, well, obviously, it would be Ted. It would be the one Booster hangs out with all That's the time. That's my Blue Beetle, yes. And and you know what? You could do an episode where they run into where they run into Jaime, and they don't know that it's like you know Ted's like, oh no, I met myself, and then it's like they got oh, no, They try and run away from only to be like, no, dude, I'm not you. I'm another guy. Oh, re oh, really? There's another me, and right. then they could go back even further and meet the original Blue Beetle. Oh, yes, it would be great. Is also where he's like, wait a minute, but like, where am I then? Oh, ooh. oh no. <laughs> said to a possible future said too much <laughs> yeah no, i'm down bye so these are yeah these are all shows that they'll never make but definitely should because like hell yeah these are great ideas i mean the chat got excited we excited each other so yeah. i think we did our job so i think we did our job we've we've, we've accomplished another episode of the elsewhere's exchange where we take ideas that we have come up with present them to the public they all want them and have proven that it's a thing that, that people would like, and then no one makes it. <laughs> yeah, these, these fan castings are fun, though. It lets us, uh, what is it, flex our creative muscles and be like, hey, actual companies, if you wanted to give us something to write, we probably could. We could probably pull this off, yeah, it's true. And not to toot my own horn, but like I just uh, kicked this out in a week where it's like, come up with eight killer concepts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I only had, I had less time, and I was like, Here's some ideas, I guess. Thank and you. they were all winners. Thank you. Yeah, I think there's a, a killer one, man. But, uh, hey, thanks so much for watching, everybody. Uh, before we go, let's do some pitches uh, for ourselves. Joel? I like it. <laughs> uh, well, if you head on over to the Cape Joel page right now, uh, you can find a commentary that Matt and myself did for Logan. He's away this week. I actually think it might have ended up being one of our best, funniest, most insightful commentaries we've done. Those are always nice to do. Nice. And, of course, I got reviews coming out through the week. The new Spider-Man, War of Jokes and Riddles, all that good stuff. Yeah, wow. That's going to be a tough one to pick about for us on Off the Rack. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we released back issues early, so you've already seen it. It's uh, Spider-Man Revenge of the Sinister Six by Eric Larson, which is ridiculous. Check that out. And, of course, if you would like to meet anyone from Comic Pop, uh, we'll see you on Saturday in Parsippany, New Jersey at ToyCon. That's at the Parsippany nice. PAL building at uh, 33 Baldwin Road in Parsippany, New Jersey from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday and, of course, 10 a.m. To, to 3 p.m. on Sunday. Probably only do the, the Saturday show, so if you want to meet us, come by and say hello. We'd love to run into you and uh, look at some sweet-ass toys. ToyCon is one of my favorite shows that I hit up this year. Uh, so definitely stop by. It's also about like five minutes from my house. So it's <laughs> you always bring back a lot of cool shit from I that do, too. I, yeah. I, I, I think last year we did a haul video, so I think we're gonna have to do that that way from now on. So, uh, come out and hang out with us. We'll see you then. But, uh, until next time, thanks a lot for watching the Elseworlds Exchange or listening to it. If you are of the audio variety and we'll see you guys next week with another episode. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. So long everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> Damn it. I said peace. Like Rob. <laughs> it gets in your head, doesn't it? Like they got to square that circle for me. I know. He totally, he's infected us. Hey, do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear... Now, it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. 
How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it.